This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Cheaters, and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League Podcast. My name is Josh, and I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? Josh, I have a question to start us off. I, I don't know if you saw the trailer for the new Blade Runner movie. I did. But it got me thinking, who in the Premier League do you think could be a replicant? Uh, that is a good question. Um, do you think James Milner might be some sort of android? I mean, I understand that it does not compute that he missed a penalty. What about Granit Xhaka? Granit Xhaka does not look like a human being, right? With his like robot hair, he looks like he looks like um, who's that? Remember the movie AI? Remember Jude Law? Oh yeah, AI? Jude Law and AI. Yeah, the very smooth <laughs> skin. It's yeah. like Uncanny Valley style. <laughs> that's that's my pick. All right, so uh, so Blade Runner, that's a movie that's coming out, but that has nothing to do with Game Week 36 <laughs> that we just got through. Uh, Game Week 36 is in the books. It was, um, I guess it lived up to, I, I don't know, but I, the hype, I was going to say. I mean, it was, it was hyped in a sense because this was the first Game Week of, the, you know, the, the kind of the final act, right, of the season where, you know, Game Week 36, a, lot, a ton of managers, uh, especially, you know, seven managers, kind of people who are listening to this podcast, um, played their wild card. It was the beginning of the end of the season, basically, Game Week right. 36. It really is. Uh, and people like me who didn't have a wild card played their triple captain. It was kind of, I felt like it was like one or the other for a lot of managers. Um, yeah, it was It was kind of a big week in a way, but also anticlimactic. I mean, for speaking on behalf of myself, coming out of my wild card, I only got one goal in my team. I mean, I managed to score 74 points, but still with one goal coming from Marcus Alonso. Right. It, as far as attacking returns go, it was a pretty dismal week. Yeah, and even that goal could have been an own goal. Um, yeah, I we, we you doubled up on the Arsenal defense, which turned out to be a great move, right? I mean, that kind of carried your game week. It did, yeah. Uh, Peter Cech in goal was 16 points, and uh, the Nacho Man with 12. So 28 points altogether just from a couple of defenders. I almost managed to cover Alexis Sanchez there, uh, which which was kind of the plan. So in my wild card, I decided to go without Alexis Sanchez. That was the big gamble I made, uh, largely because I couldn't afford him. Right. Uh, and, and come out with a respectable looking team. Yeah, a lot of people had to go either Sanchez or Hazard um, in order to make that happen. Um, you know, I think it was possible to do those if you, you know, if you had enough team value. You know, it's, it's funny. I was looking at Anders. Uh, Anders FK, I think, is um, the team name for the. the he's, Bricklayers. He's got, yeah, Bricklayers FC. Uh, and he's a number one in the Hell Shooter Super League. And I was looking at his team, and he's got Sanchez, and he has Eden Hazard. Uh, and it's like a pretty loaded team. And then he has $4 million in the bank as well. And I'm just trying to imagine is like any way that my team could have Hazard and Sanchez and still have $4 million in the bank. Like, 
it would have to be all like sub five million forwards or something to make that happen. <laughs> oh, without a doubt. Yeah. So it was a gamble for me to go without Sanchez. We were talking about this before we hit record, but um, up to the 60th minute of that Southampton game, it was all coming out beautifully for me. But I, you know, I, it was inevitable. It felt like, and and I know Sanchez has been in woeful yeah. form. I think we'll talk more about him looking ahead to game week 37. But it just felt. It felt so um, unlikely that he would come out of this double without anything. It was a it was big for us in our fifty buck cup too because we're actually tied now with uh, with two games to go. I mean, you have you have a superior point differential on me, so you know it's kind of like being tied on the table, but goal difference is still there. But at the very least, with thirty six games played, you and I are tied at seventeen seventeen two and seventeen on the season. We're equal in wits. We're equal. <laughs> Our friends and friends and equals. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see if we're friends after the end of this season. I'm, I'm not entirely convinced about that. I'm so. just taking it one game week at a time, Brandon. You know, if I, I win next game week, then I, I move on to game week 38. I'm not thinking. I'm not thinking any further ahead yet. Yeah. So I was doing my wild card, um, not to belabor this. I was, I was shooting a few emails back and forth with our good friend Jeff Petter. And the narrative around Sanchez and Ozil going into game week 36 was basically like, like you had tweeted out, I'm triple captaining Sanchez while holding my nose. Right. Everyone was kind of like, well, these Arsenal attacking options stink. Um, but we kind of feel like we have to have them. And I just felt, well, let's go with my gut here. And if if they stink that bad, maybe I don't have to have them. And again, getting rid of Ozil and Sanchez allowed me. I've, my midfield with the wild card is Hazard, Deli Ali, Sane, um, Josh King, who we both brought in for this week, right. and uh, and the maestro himself, Etienne Capu. By virtue of his double game week, he makes his his um, perhaps final appearance in <laughs> FPL and always cheating lore. <laughs> yeah. So I, it, I was I was covering a lot of bases there, and then in the de- Arsenal uh, featured heavily in my defense. So I've got Peter Cech and Willie Caballero as the goalkeeper rotation. Marcus Alonso doubled on Southampton D with Yoshida and Stevens. Monreal in the back and. Jan Vertagen, which might be my uh, biggest disappointment of the game week. Um, yeah, and him getting subbed off two, two minutes after the goal. Yeah, because I ended up benching Jack Stevens, um, right. which, you know, I, it all kind of worked out as I thought it would. Yeah. Um, though I expected Spurs to get a clean sheet against West Ham, and then it would have been perfect. Um, and then uh, up front, it's Gabriel Jesus, Harry Kane, and... Victor Anachibe. So, um, Interesting. yeah, it's, it's, I mean, Anachibe aside, you know, very, very solid up and down. I think a lot of players that people have, uh, that other managers have brought in, uh, on their wild card. I mean, Caballero is, you know, a, a steal at, what is he, like 4.7 million right now or something like that? Maybe he's, yeah, I'm sure he's risen a bit since then. I think but. I bought him at 4.6, but he's at 4.7 now. What's okay. funny is, um, our guest last week, Dave Wagner Lodal. Shout out to Dave. Um, everyone loved you, Dave. We'll have to have you back soon. But our wild card teams turned out virtually the same, except he had a better team value and brought in Alexis Sanchez instead of Leroy Sane. So you know, I, I don't think that's a huge surprise. Um, I, I, you know, I think given where we are in the season, given you know that we like, given that you're only planning for two or three game weeks. Um, Given that you're the kind of managers that are both taking the game pretty, it would make sense that you would sort of coalesce at the end of the season, right? That you would sort of have certain players that made the most sense because you're really thinking in such a short, you know, I mean, if you're, you know, when you're wildcarding that first time around, um, even if you did it in the same game week, you could have radically different teams because, you know, some people are looking three weeks ahead, some people are looking eight weeks ahead, you know, some people are burying like a cheap keeper at the, you know, as, a, as their backup. Um, so, uh, you know, I think I've seen a lot of wildcard teams. It feels like there's a lot of, um, a lot of similarity there. Yeah. It's either people going like all heavy hitters up front or in was the great, um, sort of liberator up there. Yeah. All right. So to talk about your team, I want to start with a question we got on Twitter from Scorchio who says triple captain, what do the stats say? Is it better to save for a double game week or go for form and fixture combination in a single game week. I direct this at you, Josh, because you're coming off your triple cap. How did it go for you? Yeah, I mean, I never would have. Uh, I, I, I just, 
you know, I, I would, I, I can't imagine a situation where I triple captain a player in a single game week. Uh, it just, it, it's just too, um, it, I, you know, I, maybe I'm just, I'm too, I'm too risk averse. I mean, I felt well, like there were, there were a number, number of really good managers out there that this week in 36, they triple capped Eden Hazard or Harry Kane, uh, thinking they had the fixtures and the form and it, right. it was the total bust. But even, and even it's a, best, a great comparison with Alexis Sanchez, right. who was kind of in terrible form, but had the double. Because yeah. even the best goal scorers, you know, I mean, Harry Kane, for example, or, or Alexis Sanchez, for that matter, you know, they're only scoring, you know, 20, somewhere between, you know, 20 and 25 goals in the season. These are the absolute top players. Um, and that means that, you know, one in every two, one in every, you know, um, you know, something like 45% to 50% of all games, they're not going to score. Um, and if they're strikers, they're probably not going to be getting that many assists either. Uh, so, you know, for me, just having two fixtures with, with any talented player just helps me to manage the risk a little bit. You know, it puts me in a position where the very least I'm going to get, assuming no yellow cards, red cards, whatever, is four, five, six points. I mean, you know, even if Sanchez hadn't scored today, um, you know, so I ended up getting 14 points from him tripled. You know, so it's 42 points. Uh, but even if he hadn't scored, I still would have been on six points. You know, I mean, it's the equivalent of getting a goal from a from a striker in a single game week. So, um, I, I mean, I, I don't know if that's necessarily a stats based response to that question, but uh, just we're not going to pull all those stats, Josh. Come on, right. we're we're yeah. we're off the cuff. It always cheating. yeah, but this is a way to manage risk because uh, you know people have also talked about game week 38. Um, as a possible place to save uh, the triple captain, you know, Chelsea are home to Sunderland and stuff like that. But, you know, game week 38, I mean, who knows? You know, I mean, it could be that Chelsea, you know, they play all their starters through game week 37, and then game week 38 is when Ake and all of these bench players finally get a run in, you know? Like, it's sort of like uh, they do the guard of honor, or maybe they play these guys for a half, right? You know, Hazard plays 45 minutes, and they sub him off, and he gets to you know, wait for the crowd. I don't know. I mean, like, it's just, it feels like there's a lot of risk in waiting until game week 38. Yeah. Uh, I, I totally agree. Yeah. It's, it's all about the double with your triple caps. How'd you, how'd you do this week? So I finished on 96, um, which, uh, I'm obviously really happy with. And, um, I moved up like 220,000 places. Uh, so I'm sort of like, I've been on this long comeback from, you know, just a pretty awful start of the season. I think I'm up like 1.3 million, in the last uh, like twelve game weeks, um, and it's been around ten game weeks since I wildcarded, and it certainly has makes me feel mu- not that I ever felt bad about it, but it makes me feel very justified in doing an earlier wildcard. I don't think I think managers who are who are not having a great season or need to shake up their team wait too long to wildcard, um, and I know I made that mistake last year where I waited until when everyone said the right time to wildcard was, which I think was like game week thirty three. This time around, I thought, you know what, I'm just going to try to get out ahead and just hope that all the managers who wildcard don't, you know, just blow past me. And um, and I even feel pretty good about next game week. You know, I mean, I've, I currently have 10 double game week players. Um, if I, you know, and I actually brought in a single game week player this week. I, I dropped Milner, finally, uh, <laughs> who'd been just taking up. You know, Thank it, God. That would have been a full-on Josh Landon yeah. implosion if you still had uh, Milner for this week. So, yeah, and I made kind of a counterintuitive move. I actually didn't bring in a double game week player. I brought in Josh King. I just love King's fixtures uh, through the rest of the season. Uh, you know, picked up five, which, you know, so it was a four-point net increase. Um, and he's a single game player that I just that I want for the for the doubles. Um, I'm planning to keep Zaha, who is um, at home to Hull in game week 37. So I feel pretty, you know. I mean, assuming I if I I might burn four, and if I do that, then I'm on 12 double game week players. So, you know, doing the the wild card early hasn't really cost me that much. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, for sure. I mean, without it, you would have you wouldn't have kickstarted this run that you're on until late in the season, and. It just wouldn't have had the same same impact. By the way, just so anyone who's listening who who cares about this, which is like eight people, uh, we have some winners in the Showstoppers League. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, so you want to shout them out? Yeah, quickly. Yeah. So uh, Siraj Garish pulls off the eight-one uh, upset, uh, and hey, he, Siraj. He be, <laughs> so he he snuck in on the last day too. Uh, so Siraj is now into the semifinals. He's Cinderella Josh, story, really, right there for Siraj. Truly, truly is. Uh, so he's in the semis. Uh, he'll play Jeff, or he, he beat Jeff Petter. I think Siraj and I actually play in the semis. Uh, I beat Luke Maunder, uh, 96 to 81. Uh, and then Ian Stimson is also in the semis. He beat Luke Thunberg. 
And uh, William Bridley with 108 points uh, knocked off uh, last week's co-host, Dave Wegner-Lodal, who had 96 points. Well, I'd like to say I could have scored 108 points this week if I really wanted to, but frankly, I wasn't up for it. No, you didn't feel like it. I didn't really feel like it. Um, We have a meltdown of the week, Josh. Okay. Um, In Potch, we trust tweeted at us, leader in my mini league, triple captain, Peter Check. I quit. I did Ozil as a differential fail. I mean, triple captain on on the goalkeeper. I there was there was a tinge uh, in the back of my mind that maybe I I would captain Peter Check going into game week thirty six, but that's it, it just I strikes did, me as insanity. I did strongly suggest on the last week's podcast that you that you captain Check. Well, I, I'm not saying that I you know would have done it myself, but I, it was definitely on the table as an option last week. You did look into a crystal ball. <laughs> all things the same. Well, I think I just I mean, said if I were you, I, I really would think about captaining check. Yeah, the, the the fixtures were great, and um, yeah, I think I just do a lot of hedging with defense, and like I, I doubled up on the defense, and I, I felt like well, if if they end up with two clean sheets, I'm still looking pretty good. Uh, yeah. Back there with Czech and Montreal. And, uh, the, I ended up captaining Hazard, and I thought there was some upside there. Mm-hmm. But as we all know, Hazard uh, is, is in the midst of his, his three- to four-week disappearance. <laughs> well, it's only one so far. Right? He had an assist uh, last game week. So, and even, even Ozil, I mean, you know, he ended up on eight points. It's not, it's not bad as a captain. You know, it's not, it's not awful. No, it's it's not. All right, so we have a lot to talk about for Game Week 37. We're going to take a break, but before we do, Josh, take us through the Hail Cheaters Super League. All right, let's do this. Uh, in tenth, I'm going to do 10 through 1. Uh, in 10th place is uh, Keir Randall. Uh, ninth is Matthew Greco. I'm just going to do names and not team names this time around, all right? Uh, eighth place is Philip Anthony. Seventh place, back in the top ten, Brendan. I know you're excited about this. Fabio Borges. Excellent. Uh, Welcome back, Fabio. In sixth is Patrick Connolly. Uh, fifth is Jake Lent, uh, Conyard. Uh, fourth is uh, Abdul Amamun. Third is Caesar Rodart. Uh, new in second place is Jaiming Tan. Uh, and in first, Holden Strong is Anders FK with 86 points, uh, 2,191, 4 million in the bank, and I think something like 140th in the world. So congrats to you, Anders. That is intense, man. 4 million. I know. Maybe he can't even spend that much. He's got so much team value. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just crazy. impossible to spend it all. You remember this movie Brewster's Millions with Richard sure. Pryor? Yeah, well, it's, it's kind of like my, my I have a I have an all-out attack chip that I haven't used yet, and I might not get a chance to use it. Yeah, yeah, I think that's probably wise. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's let's take a quick break. We'll get back to the Q and A. Same old podcast, always cheating. Game week thirty-seven Q and A, Brandon. We have a lot of different questions. We're going to go through them, and I think by, the, by answering all of these questions, we're going to talk about all of the key. Uh, you know, talking points for this game week. A lot of questions about about captains and Jesus and Hazard, uh, KDB, you name it. So let's let's jump right into it. We didn't get many questions about Spurs, which I thought was interesting. So we'll have to make sure we're mindful of talking about about what to I do with our Spurs assets. Uh, first off, I think this this sort of. Um, Frames the entire conversation, Josh. Dave from Burnley tweets, Game Week 37 strategy, throw a load of shit at the wall and see what sticks. Yeah, that's pretty much accurate. I mean, okay, let's, let's, let's jump right to it, Brandon. Who, who are you thinking about? Like, okay, you know, maybe you don't, wanna, you don't know yet or you don't want to give it away yet, but who are you thinking about captaining for Game Week 37? Uh, I think top of my list is Gabriel Jesus at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, Two home games for Man City. Jesus looks nailed on. Um, very doable fixtures with Leicester and West Brom. Two teams that have Jack to play for. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, they're coming off of a 5-0 victory. City has not been able since the very start of the season to string together a number of convincing performances. So it could be wishful thinking a recency bias to think that City are going to end up scoring 10 goals in this double game week. Yeah. But uh, if you look at the other options, I mean, Spurs, a pretty heavy emotional defeat 
uh, at West Ham. So it's it's hard to predict how they look. And an away fixture to Leicester is not incredibly ideal, I think. No, Leicester's defenses look great. Very uh, stout. Yeah. And if Man U plays the way they did, so Man U, you know, they have the uh, Europa League fixture on Thursday and then they play, um, I think they play Spurs on Sunday. Is that right? Um, uh, the yeah, Spurs? They play, yeah, they play Spurs on Sunday. So, I mean... Sorry, I was just changing my captain just then. <laughs> uh, so they play uh, Spurs on Sunday and... The the you know it's it's so interesting because it's it, like it's exactly the situation they were in last week where they played the Europa League and then they played uh, Arsenal on Sunday and uh, even the same time um, and so you wonder will they set up defensively I mean kind of depends on what they've been playing Spurs have nothing to play for at this point I mean they I, I think they would have to probably like lose out in order to um, not finish in second place I mean if they, if they pick up like three points or maybe even like just a couple of points they they've got second locked up uh if man U make it to the final then of the europa league then they're looking pretty good for the champions league as well so i mean i I don't really know what to expect from that game but i I guess man U still has to play for fourth place right they still have to play and try to try to just get that spot just in case perhaps i i do lean a little towards spurs here because i think you know, the the really awful, uh, consistent narrative around Spurs is is the bottle jobs. But this is a team that, assuming they can keep the project together for next season, they need to prove as a team that they can be mentally resilient. And I would suspect that Pochettino is going to ask of this squad and they're going to ask it of themselves to show that they're just not going to bend over for the the remaining fixtures of the season right that they're going to turn around and really try to put some convincing performances in yeah although so the idea I, that they're I have not lost faith in spurs for as fantasy assets yet no i, I haven't either but the, you know they're not as good on the road as they are at home so you know like you said they're they're away to leicester uh midweek and they're playing a man united team that may just set themselves up to neutralize Spurs, right? And it's a very, it would be very much in keeping with Jose Mourinho's managerial style to not try to win the game and try to put, you know, Spurs in a position to lose the game effectively, right? So, I mean, it's possible that there's only like, you know, two Spurs goals across two fixtures. All right. So, Alexis Sanchez, Josh, you've got him. You know, everyone assumed they just dump him or try to forget about him. Not even consider armbanding him for thirty-seven. Right. I mean, but idea, you, cannot, yeah. you can't deny these fixtures in thirty-seven. Yeah, the idea that you would drop Alexis Sanchez before a double game week with one of them being Sunderland at home is insanity, right? For so many reasons. One, because he never he's never rested. Um, two, because he's just a very talented. I mean, he's scored twenty goals this season. Um, and three, they're playing for the Champions League right now, and they need their best players to play at their best. So there's just you know a multitude of reasons why Sanchez is a great option. He's not on the beach, right? He's he's gonna he always he plays hard no matter what, right? I mean, they could be you know out of any European spots, and he would still want to play ninety minutes. But um, he looked a lot more engaged, I thought today, um, and that goal just changed. I mean, it changes everything. It just it makes it feel like um, it makes him more viable to me as a captain option. Now maybe. You know, I don't know if that Ozil pass is not on the money and he doesn't score this game. You know, maybe I'm reading too much into one pass. Uh, But it's also, you know, like there's a lot of confidence at play here. You know, like, you know, a confident player is more is more likely to to be a little more aggressive, I think, a little more likely to score. So, um, yeah, I'm at least I'm definitely thinking about Sanchez. Um, I may bring in Jesus and I may captain him. Um, You know, I think I mean, Sanchez, Jesus, uh, Diego Costa. I mean, Eden Hazard, is he, you know, on the table for you? Yeah, absolutely. He is. uh, I was just switching the armband between Hazard and Jesus. Um, Hazard is definitely on my radar. I mean, they'll they'll be playing for the league on Friday against West Brom. And, you know, everyone's talking about the um, the potential rotation of the squad if they win the league on Friday. Will all of their big players get rotated at home to Watford? And I mean, obviously, I don't know, Josh, but (laughs) I would assume I would assume and I know people have written about, uh, you know, what Conte has done with Juventus in the past after they've um, 
won the league, there's been a lot of rotation in his squad. There has been. Okay, I didn't know that actually. That's yeah. yeah. But they will they will more than likely win the league title at the Hawthorns. These guys are going to be doing a you know, either they do a victory lap against Watford or they do a victory lap against Sunderland and uh, I, I just it all depends on how nervous Conte is about the FA Cup final and right and, and right. how he True. views match match fitness for that cup final and I I don't know but I would I would be I'm like 60 percent sure that it would favor guys like Hazard and Costa starting at home against Watford and He's been he's been he's been subbing his heart around the seventieth minute, right? Pretty consistently. It I is think. a fast it's a fast turnaround. I mean, they play they play Watford uh, or they excuse me they play West Brom Friday evening, and then they play uh, Watford Sunday or excuse me Monday evening. So uh, it's you know it's two short days. So I mean that does I, I will I will say Spurs losing has made me I was I was almost certain to bring in Diego Costa and I was really thinking about captaining him for game week thirty seven. Uh, and now I'm probably not going to bring in any other Spurs players because I'm so worried about. Uh, I'm cautious though, you know. Like Spurs I, or Chelsea players, you mean? Oh, excuse me, sorry. Yeah, I I got up early this morning. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Chelsea players. Uh, I'm I'm actually maxed out. I have, th- I have three Spurs players. Um, yeah, I was thinking about bringing in Costa, and now I don't know if I'm going to bring in any Chelsea players because um, even even defenders, I'm kind of worried about now. I mean, I could see Ake, you know, getting a game for Alonso or. Uh, um, well, when they played Ake in the FA Cup, he was in he was in the center of the defense. He wasn't out wide. That's true, but you can play him in either position, right? I mean, you can play him as a as a as a attacking fullback, right? You, I mean, could you? I don't know. He didn't play that position for Bournemouth. Yeah, no, maybe you're right. Maybe he's how tall is he? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Conte, Conte also doesn't strike me as that kind of manager. Like he's got, um, I mean, it's a pretty sophisticated tactical system he has, but I think he has pretty, pretty clear ideas of which player plays yeah. which role. You know, however, yeah, however, ro- what rotation he's got going yeah. on. So I would guess if Con- if uh, if Ake gets in, it would be for Louise, Louise or Cahill. Cahill, right? Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, okay, so let's that's that's one question. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, Abdullah Mamoun says uh, for the third for the third consecutive week, a goalkeeper has clinched the top scoring spot. Uh, will either of you put the goal uh, put the armband on a goalkeeper this week? Well, I guess we kind of answered that question. Yeah, did, did we <laughs> answer it? Well, we I mean, no, I mean, I guess yeah, our natural inclinations. Yeah, yeah, I won't. I won't. I mean, let, uh, there's it, too many good players at double game weeks. Yeah, I mean, looking at, um, I mean, in light of the conversation we were just having about Chelsea, you've got Chelsea, Spurs, Man City. There's, yeah, there's so, and and, and Alexis Sanchez. You're licking your lips with all these attacking options. I do think that we can, you know, looking forward to next season, I think that we can definitely think about, in, in you know, it, with, the, with the way that the first two double game weeks broke, they're actually, it, it, you know, in hindsight, those were great opportunities to captain goalkeepers because there were no real exciting players in any of those teams, right? I mean, either you had Sanchez already, uh, or you, or you, I mean, there was basically one player in Arsenal you would have thought about captaining from that as an attacker. There was no one on Southampton. Um, and so it made sense. And, you know, with the double game week a couple weeks before, uh, once Ebra went down, there was no one on Man United that you were excited about captaining, right? And let's not forget that Eric Peters from Stoke emerged as one of the uh, one of the big winners from the earlier double game week when everyone was going crazy for uh, triple captaining Sergio Aguero, such as myself. Right. Uh, Peters ended up with two clean sheets. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but this game week, I mean, maybe this... Maybe we're ignoring the evidence here, but it feels like this game week with Jesus and Alexis and, I mean, you know, I mean, for God's sake, Harry Kane has a double game week this game week, and he's, like, not even <laughs> at the top. He's not even necessarily in, like, a top two or three options. Yeah, it, it is insane that we're not considering uh, Harry Kane. I mean, it, for, form has just been so incredibly fleeting this yeah. season, I yeah. feel like. like 
guys are are just incredibly hot for two to three weeks. I mean, except for our our good friend Joshua King, who is who has quietly been destroying <laughs> the entire Premier League for yeah, the calendar yeah. year 2017. Uh, all right, Tishi Tishi C. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, t- says time to be bold. Can't be sure of starters. Uh, example: Fabregas, Holding, Ake, Hazard, Gabadine, etc. Uh, do you just have to make bold decisions? Well, I mean, how much fun do you want to have, Tishi? I mean, if you want to win, <sighs> what did Dave? What did Dave say last week? If you didn't have Giroud and Wayne Rooney, you're just not having fun. Yeah, yeah, I think Dave right. would probably stand by that statement. Sure, uh, total of four points today. Between. Yeah, and I think you'd probably stand stand by that statement through all of next year's season as well. <laughs> if you don't have Wayne Rooney for the final two weeks of the season and all 38 weeks of next season, you're just not having fun, Brennan. You're not playing the right way. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think um, there's so much riding on Game Week 37, um, and there are s- so many great players I think the punts are not to be taken on guys that are rotation risks. Fabregas is a really interesting pick, but I think of all of all those Chelsea midfielders, Fabregas, a guy who has come off the bench, though he's been playing amazingly well the last few weeks. He's come off the bench virtually the entire season. He did look great, though. I mean, I, I think he's not a bad punt. Uh, would he play both games, though? I don't know that that Fabregas would play Friday and Sunday back to back like that. That does not seem like something that's likely to happen. Fabregas is an old man now. He can't play games. He can't play in quick succession like that. I'm trying. I'm looking through all the double game or all the, all the teams that doubles this game week. I'm trying to think of who like the real punty options would be. I mean, there, there aren't. It's it's weird. There aren't a lot of great. I mean, like, you know, like maybe someone on Spurs, but most managers already have three Spurs players. Uh, there's no one on West Brom I'd want to punt on. Um, maybe like Raheem Sterling, right, who's kind of everyone's talking about Sané. And so maybe Sterling is kind of a an interesting kind of punty alternative there. I think he's only 7.5 million. So he's, you know, he's pretty affordable. Um, is there anyone in yeah. Man U? I mean, maybe a Man U I mean, you can't trust that team right now, though. No, man, you it's like the worst, the worst problem team. Jeff Ives on Twitter says players worth bringing in from relegated teams. Who are they? Why are they? (laughs) So, I mean, would you would you bet any money that uh, Jermaine Defoe uh, shows up in this double game week? Well, you know, he did just. I I don't know. I, I. it's so much. It's ridiculous money for it, Jermaine Defoe at this point in the season. It is ridiculous money. I mean, they play Swansea at home, so that's a you know, it's a pretty good fixture. Uh, I don't know. I think yeah. I think Sunderland put all of their cards on the table against Hull. Uh, it's, it's sort of like we saw them uh, put one over on Crystal Palace, and we're like, oh, here we go, Sunderland. They're going to make they're going to make a go of it, and then they completely folded again. I think they've got a few performances in them. I think Sunderland is going to just get uh, waxed in both fixtures in thirty seven. I would rather have uh, I would rather have Defoe than uh, Gabbiadini. That's for sure for the next two game weeks. Okay, so what about okay? What about like a little more expensive though? I mean, I think uh, you know Mares and Vardy. I mean, Vardy to me is a really interesting punt. Uh, in you know really good form uh, has. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, SPL conundrum tweets is Vardy with City away and Spurs home worth our time. And uh, City's City with company uh, lauded for watertight defense now, mm-hmm. but uh, but yeah, no. Uh, if if something if you know, obviously company is probably going to pull up with an injury about five minutes into <laughs> game week thirty seven yeah. for all the the smart people who brought him in, right. and then Vardy is going to have a field day because that city defense is a c- completely leaky yeah. without without company um, and yeah. Spurs. It, it's it's all dependent on how shell shocked they appear, and I am not convinced that they will be. Uh, so I'm. If you had Vardy, I would say keep him. But we're, yeah, and again, we're, we're, we're we are talking about punts here, right? We're not talking about the most high percentage moves. But you know, if you wanted to take a punt, 
I would maybe look at Mara's. I mean, Albrighton is a cheaper alternative. You know, he's he's someone who you wouldn't necessarily bring in for the points. But because oh, he really appreciates FPL narrative too. Albrighton knew we were all talking about getting him in as our fifth midfielder, and he goes and scores that goal in garbage time. So second um, minute, sort of sweeten, sweetening sweetening the deal <laughs> for us. Uh, who else is there? Anyone else we're missing? Who are who are some interesting punty options? Interesting punty options. I mean, are we? Are, 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 can we restrict this to just double game week players? No, I don't think so. Well, uh, I mean, Llorente. Interesting. Yeah, yeah maybe. I mean, maybe. The, the Swansea team has been relying on him for game-winning goals the last couple of weeks, and he does look like he's he's really. Um, milking all of the praise he's getting from those Swansea fans and uh and they're playing Sunderland and I don't know they've got they've got the big bad Kone back there who might be able to manhandle Lorente but uh they need a win and I guess I would I would rather have uh I guess I would rather have Lorente away to Sunderland than Gabbiadini for two game for two fixtures Oh, yeah, no doubt. I mean, I don't know what to do with that Southampton team attacking-wise. That doesn't feel like a good punt at all to me because Gabby Adini hasn't done anything. Right, right. Uh, and they're due for a little bit of rotation. Yeah. The midfielders are very unreliable. And I mean, the, the, He played better today. I mean, he played well enough that he's not going to get the— I mean, just in general, I'm not going to be cutting a double game week player before their double game week, but— uh, he did look just good enough that I was like, mm, okay, fine. Like he, his movement was good. I mean, Buffalo, there's some Charlie Austin intrigue out there. Yeah, yeah, but you can't bring in Austin. I mean, well, you're not bringing. I'm not saying bring in Charlie Austin. What I'm just saying is, is the fact that you know we're now tweeting about Charlie Austin mean that there is conceivable rotation? <laughs> you're not going to get two games out of Gabby Adini. Maybe you know it's it, that their, their, their risk is there, but I'm still not going to drop him. I don't think. Uh, Jeff Petter says, KDB, talk to me. Would have to yeah, be how, Hazard, but still. I was just going to mention, I, I feel like punts, it's less you should go fishing for unknown punts on strange teams. But the punts are here, right, what Jeff is asking about. And I think what is going to make or break your game week 37 is, is it KDB's game week or is it Leroy Sané's game week or is it Raheem Sterling's? Game week. I think the punt will be: Do you go Hazard or Pedro? Do you go Sane or Sterling? Do you go KDB or Alexis? That sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you just can't drop Hazard for for KDB. Yeah, I would. Not. KDB is such a he. He's he's like the the best player that we have never talked about this season, and it does kind of boggle my mind. He's just too expensive. Yeah, the, the price point is is totally destroyed him this season. But I, yeah. I would be wary of him. Uh, it, it is total recency bias. I think people who got on him going into game week thirty six were brilliant, well played. But yeah. I, 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 I would be worried that to expect that kind of production from him. I mean, he doesn't score a lot, right? I mean, I'm looking at his stats right here. I mean, he scored. Um, you know, from he scored in game week five, and then he didn't score again until game week twenty-two, uh, at which point he scored twice in a row. And then from twenty-three until until this Crystal Palace game, he hadn't scored a goal. Right, so I mean, he's capable yeah. of going there's, thirteen there's to some, fifteen games without scoring a yeah. goal. I think there was some injury in there, but nothing. And he was he was getting rotated a lot. I think Pep was trying to figure out the squad a little bit, but. Um, is he going to have the most assists on the season? He's got to be close, right? He's got six, seven, eight, thirteen. He's got like nineteen assists on the season. I I can't think of anyone that has more. I think it's is it fifteen assists total on the season? It looks even higher than that, but I'm I don't yeah. want to like bother yeah. on the podcast counting them all. I mean, if I if I'm already tripled up on City with Caballero, Sane, and Jesus. I am not bothered having Sané over KDB. No, no. It's, it's a total coin flip there, but Sané is much more affordable. And if you're looking to burn some points, I can see you making a lot of um, more interesting moves in your team 
making room for somebody on the cheaper side like Sané as opposed to Kevin De Bruyne. I don't yeah. think you're going to ultimately lose that much in points between Sané and KDB over the course of two, yeah. ga- two games. It, it would have been interesting. If KDB had had that game in game week 35, it would have been very interesting to see how many people had him in, his t- had him in their team for game week 36, right? Um, yeah, I still don't think like it wouldn't have that affected because Hazard and Alexis Sanchez still would have been the big priorities going into 36. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But for managers who had both, maybe you maybe you dropped Sanchez for KDB. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that that could have that could have helped my green arrow this week. A <laughs> few of the top the managers seven. actually dropping Sanchez. Yeah. Uh, okay. Fat Gorilla says uh, it's goals from Giroud and Sanchez make them more or less appealing for next week. Uh, I was also to drop one or both, but now I added the the long. W. Fat Gorilla has Drew in his team. Get rid of him. Get rid, <laughs> get rid of Drew. Hey, Luke, Luke Monder, who I played this week, had Drew. I got a little worried when the Drew goal came. Yeah, but you beat Luke Monder. I'm sorry, Luke. You're a wonderful <laughs> FPL manager, but it just didn't work out for you. <laughs> it didn't work out. You're breaking up with Luke Monder on the, right here on the podcast, Brandon. <laughs> uh, Drew, no. Uh, although Drew, I mean, if we're not talking about fantasy for a second, it's absolute insanity that Drew is not starting over Danny Welbeck. Uh, Danny Welbeck sucks. And, yeah, he had, like, one good pass in today's match. But other than that, he... He creates nothing. Um, I mean, okay, I guess we, he uses we, speed to get in good position, but it's yeah. I mean, give me a break with Welbeck. I help. I, th- I mean, I'm sure Welbeck's speed helps create a certain amount of space for Ozil to work sure, in sure. and Sanchez to run into. I'm sure that plays heavily into Wenger's logic. But I think the thing that's intriguing about 36 is with this new formation that they're playing. There is. It wasn't quite sure whether Giroud would start or Welbeck starts. Welbeck getting two starts in a row uh, close together, it makes you feel like Giroud is definitely out of like, the starting 11. Like if there, were, if there were any lingering doubts that maybe Giroud would get a start, if Giroud starts against Sunderland, he has the capability of scoring a hat trick. Yeah, so, I, mean, I guess I guess it's it's a, it is it's it is in it is the is it is it is in the punt territory, but I'm not condoning it. So that's the that's the Giroux question sort of not answered, but what about Sanchez? Like that yeah. goal changes everything as we said. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I you know, I never would have dropped him anyway. Um I would have just I, you know, once I brought him in, I'm kind of rolling with him the rest of the season. Um, but yeah, I mean, they have two great fixtures. They play away to Stoke, which, um, they've historically done very well at. Um, and when I say historically, I don't mean like over the last hundred years, but over the last like three or four years, uh, they've, they've been very good there. Uh, and then they, how are they during wartime, Josh? Yeah. And then they play at home to Sunderland and this is a Sunderland team that has nothing to play for and an Arsenal team with everything to play for. So even if all you had was the Sunderland fixture, you would have to think about Captain Hazard for this game. I mean, okay, obviously not if like, you know, not, not when everybody else is a double, but like in a normal game week, if they were home to Sunderland, even even in his kind of poor form, you would have to consider captain him because it's such a such a great fixture. So Definitely I think Sanchez, uh, Sanchez, that is, yeah. So um, yeah, I think um, I think the goal does change things. I mean, we talked about this at the top of the podcast. Um, he is in the running uh, for the Josh Landon captaincy. Uh, <laughs> oh probably, boy, yeah. It's so I'm, it's him, Jesus. Possibly Kane. Kane seems very safe to me. I feel like there's a good chance of getting at least a goal from mm-hmm. two games with Kane. But I do I see like three goals from Kane? I, I don't know that I do. It really depends on – I mean, ideally, Man United would go like 120 minutes uh, on Thursday in the Europa League and like penalties and like everyone plays and – uh, and then they're just exhausted for Sunday. That would be, you know, if that happens, maybe I look at Kane again. But I think I th- I'm thinking Sanchez right now. Yeah, I, I think I think your gut is right there. All right, Mark on Twitter. Will Josh King outscore a player with two games? And how frightened should wild carding bench boosters be of Lukaku v Watford at home? Okay, I think these are easy questions. I think one is uh, Josh King is a great option for Game Week 37. Uh, I would definitely not drop him for any double Game Week players in that price bracket. Um, I mean, even someone like Sané, I, like, I wouldn't want to burn four to turn him into a double Game Week player for sure. 
Yeah, Burnley is not good away from home, as we know. And also Burnley is virtually safe. So they're right. good. And King is in great form. Uh, how frightened you should be of Lukaku versus Watford at home? You should not be – well, okay, you can be like a little frightened, but I would not be <laughs> – I would not be very scared because – Do not look under your bed for Lukaku before you go to sleep uh, that night. I mean, for all this talk of the on-the-beach players, I mean, it, it, Everton is like the captain of this – of this of the on the beach roster, right? Like they are, they have completely stopped playing uh, the last couple of game weeks. I mean, they basically Jim had a chance to to like cost Chelsea the title, and they utterly rolled over at home, right? I mean, they got destroyed three nothing at home. Yeah, Everton is just—they're the most frustrating team. They just have this craven mentality. They can look they can look great, sort of when it suits them, but yeah. on the whole, they're just like one of the most craven good teams. They need there. more creative midfielders. That is like a one most important priority. Yeah. Uh, all right. Um, Jim Payne, I need to gain some ground in my Patreon mini league. Supporter Jim Payne, one of the earliest. You were right there the whole time, Jim. <laughs> Uh, he asked, Captain Sanchez, Hazard, or Costa? Okay, so you have to make this choice, Josh. Uh, well, they're all pretty highly owned. Um, so it really depends on who is – whoever above you doesn't have – you know, like so if, you're, if you're trying to make up like a spot or two and the managers above you don't have one of those three, like let's say you're trying to make up the crown up against two managers yeah. um, and neither of them have Sanchez, that's the player or captain. Uh, I'd say Hazard or Costa, and there's more upside with the midfielder, the San, between Sanchez and Hazard, as as uh, you just compare the points they get with clean sheets and an, an additional point for a goal. I think, if, particularly if you're making up ground, I'd stick with the midfielder options. Yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't be scared of captaining Costa, but um, you know, for the reasons, the reasons we mentioned before, I mean, I, that whole team could be could be up for some rotation. Uh, all right. Andy Lloyd Williams says, uh, first time listener, courtesy of James Sawyer. Thank you, James, and thank you, Andy. Uh, who can you rely on for goals in the last two weeks? Uh, and then he says Costa and Lorente. Now that's that's an interesting question. We have not looked we have not talked about game week thirty eight very much. Yeah, game week thirty eight, always a total wild card, but uh, I like Lorente because Swansea will surely still have you know, something to play for in game week 38 and they're home to West Brom and man, watching that, um, watching that Swansea Everton game over the weekend, there's some pretty powerful images of their home fans, um, Mm -hmm. just really gritting their teeth while they were trying to hang on to that victory. And you could, you could just feel through the TV screen what, what this campaign you know, this last gasp means to them. And I feel like they're going to derive a lot of energy against a totally beach uh, bound West Brom team. And yeah, yeah, I like Lorente scoring goals in both of these game weeks. Yeah, I I do too. And I I saw the shots as well. And it was kind of, I I was, I was pretty annoyed about getting nothing from Lukaku. I actually held on to him as kind of a differential this game week. Um, And uh, he had a couple of moments. I don't know. He didn't look that, he didn't look like he really cared that much. Uh, and yeah, why, why would they? It's so tough for him. He, there were, yeah, I think towards the end, he sort of figured out that he had to do it all on his own. Yeah, and he he just didn't have enough in the tank when it came to it. Costa, Costa could definitely score in both game weeks, assuming there's not heavy rotation, and I I can't imagine there will be. Uh, I mean, Bachuai hasn't gotten any playing time this season. Yeah, his his issue is that he never has big hauls. Yeah, he he very well might score in both game weeks, but they're not going to be, you know, season changing. That's true. It's kind of just his style. I mean, even go back to his time at Atletico Madrid. Uh, FPL Kangaroo says Sanchez or Hazard uh, to KDB. Which one do we get rid? Uh, I guess um, Hazard is the one to get rid of. There's... uh, you know, we kind of talked about possible Chelsea rotation at the start of the podcast, and it's it's anyone's guess where that's concerned. Yeah. Sanchez being like firmly nailed on, there's a huge upside with him. Don't we just think um, neither one, right? I mean, that's what I think. I, I wouldn't get rid of either player for KDB. 
Yeah, yeah. Going back to what we were saying about it being kind of a coin toss between him and Leroy Sané, if you want city midfield coverage or, you know, Raheem Sterling is an interesting punt as well. I Yeah, KDB doesn't feel essential just on the back of that. Yeah, agreed. Um, that game. Richie says, go all in on City. Yeah, City have the best fixtures. They um, they have very decent form. They have a lot to play for just to stay um, solidly in the top four. I, I think it's kind of imperative, if you can, to have three City uh, going into 37. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't bring in any defenders. Uh, I mean, okay, outside of Caballero, but I, if you didn't want a card to bring in Caballero, I don't think I'm... I'm not going to burn four to bring in Caballero. Are you? Are you not? I, I'm not, no. Uh, you could. I could. I already I already have two double game week goalkeepers, though, so I, I'm not planning to do that. Uh, I wouldn't bring in any of their defenders, though, right? I mean, for the reasons you said before, I mean, even company, is he really, really going to play 180 minutes, uh, you know, in a double <laughs> game week? I mean, even if... Even if they want, it just doesn't seem possible with a body like that. It doesn't with with a dome like that. It doesn't seem possible. How about that goal, though? Oh my god! Yeah, I think amazing strike by it was. It was a really great goal. Um, Yeah, I think. I mean, Sterling, uh, Sterling, Sane, and Jesus would be a. I would. I would be very. And I would not want to go up against a team that had those three players in Game Week Thirty Seven. No, you wouldn't. No, yeah, I mean, so that would be very scary. Last question comes from James Drury. To keep Pedro or who to transfer him out for with zero in the bank? Or instead, keep him and transfer out James Wank Prouse. James's, <laughs> James's words, not ours. Uh, if so, for who helped me decide as my own podcast. It's a uh, FF Surgery podcast that James hosts. Um it didn't help him out. So he's come to always cheating the real podcast uh, to answer his question. Yeah. So what do we have what do we have to yeah. say to James? I would say um I would be okay keeping Pedro, but if you don't have yeah. Josh King, that's a pretty easy move. Yeah, that's that's true. That's a that's a good move. Um it's too bad that Alex Oxlade Chamberlain's probably gonna be out the rest of the season now with a hamstring because he was looking really dangerous. And I think no, I hadn't like, heard that. Yeah, was, he, he got subbed uh, maybe like the thirty fifth minute. Oh, okay. And that's when Bellerin came in? Yeah, exactly. So, oh, okay. I'm putting, putting it together now. Yeah. And Bellerin would be a fun player to look at for for the Devils, but he uh, he's just too expensive. I think he's still like $6.5 million. Um, I think I would probably – well, I was thinking you could drop Ward-Prowse for, um, for Albrighton. But, I mean, then you're really just subbing a double game weaker for a double game weaker. I'm not really sure that that's a net gain. Um, yeah, maybe it is Josh King if you don't have him already. Yeah, I, I think it, I think it is. I think we we spent far too much time a couple podcasts ago trying to go through the the barren wastelands of of decent midfielders between you know five and and six point five million. Yeah. I mean, with nothing in the bank, the problem is Pedro is at a really weird price point, isn't he? I think he's like six he's, he's less than seven. Like so you couldn't turn him into Leroy Sané or Raheem Sterling. It's the problem. Yeah. Um, if there were more clarity about United and a, a guy like Ander Herrera, who you like, or, or um, how much would Juan Mata be? But a lot, a lot there more hinges on what their lineup looks like. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of maybe Adam Lalana. I don't know. He hasn't looked that good though. I, I mean, I'm saying keep Pedro because yeah. they could come out and just blow West Brom away. And you could get all you need out of Pedro in one fixture. Yeah, that's true. There's just no one. There's just no one really appealing to bring in. Uh, you know, I mean, even t- even even Dusan Tadic is too expensive uh, <laughs> at six point nine million. Yeah, I think I would if, if I if you know if you just wanted to make the move or if you felt like your, the rest of your team was settled. Uh, I think Prowse to Albrighton is the move that I would make. Yeah, that works for me. Yeah, and and Pedro, it's all upside there. Either he blows West Brom away or he blows Watford away. So right, you, right. You choose. Uh, all right, Brandon. Those are the questions. Uh, let's take a quick break and let's come back and just just kind of briefly look at game week thirty seven. As if we haven't just done that for an hour. Same old podcast, always cheating. 
All right, Josh, uh, we're back for uh, our penultimate game week preview. God, I can't believe this season is almost over. Yeah, kinda I know. Makes, it kind of makes me happy. <laughs> it makes me kind of happy, too. It's been a long season. But this, the game week 37, this is the big daddy. This is what yeah. it all comes down to. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, you know, it's it, it either it's either going to happen for you or it's not going to happen for you in thirty sevens. I mean, this is this is this is the biggest like no bullshitting. Like this is this is <laughs> it, right? This is the biggest game week of the season. Uh, everything's been building towards this. Uh, All right, how, it's completely uh, spread out. It's like I don't even know when we're going to podcast next week. If we if we podcast early, we'd miss like eight fixtures. So. Um, game week thirty seven. So many doubles. How many – and there are going to be a lot of people just trying to make their final push to get get up, get up their overall rank up, mm-hmm. make up ground in their mini league. Maybe it's not for you, Josh, but how many points would you recommend burning to set your team up to where you're happy with it going into 37? Uh, it depends. It depends on, you know, what your – if your players – you know, if they're players – like if you're bench boosting, let's say, uh, if – if there are players that just have straight up awful fixtures, um, you know, like a defender that's that's a way to that's a way to Man City or something. I don't know. Like just you know, if there's if there's someone who you know is going to get you like zero to two points, then I think I think it's worth burning some points. I, I particularly a single game weaker. Like yeah. if you have a Burnley defender, if right. you've got Tom Heaton, turn him into Pickford. Burn yeah. four to turn him into Pickford. Yeah, exactly. I think that's probably going to pay off for you, especially with 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 uh, Sunderland being home to uh, um, home to Swansea. Um, I think I feel like having any less than ten double game weekers, and I'd be feeling pretty nervous about this game week. Oh yeah, without a doubt. I think the wild, wild carders have set themselves up for you know twelve, thirteen, fourteen, full right. fifteen. Uh, to double, so yeah. If you're under ten, you're probably gonna get blown away. But there's by no, your but there's no need to like totally panic either. I mean, you know, as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, you know, I brought in a single game weaker for my transfer in game week 36, knowing that he had a single game week in 37 because I just felt like Josh King at that price point was the best option for game week 37. Um, even though he only has one game, you know, I mean, often, I mean, there's all this talk about, you know, who to bring in on Southampton, you know, and people are bringing in Redmond and Ward Prowse and, um, and Tadich, you know, who like everyone's least favorite player. Uh, you know, I mean, if you're going to bring in a player who's bad or is in bad form or whatever, then you might as well just not burn four points. I have a question for you, Josh. I'm going to name three teams and I want you to tell me which team has the least appealing double game week. Okay. Is it Watford, both away games, mm-hmm. uh, to Everton and to Chelsea? Mm-hmm. Is it West Brom, hosting mm-hmm. Chelsea, then away to Man City? Mm-hmm. Or is it Manchester United, away to Spurs, and away to Southampton, while also struggling in the Europa League? West Brom is the worst by far, uh, with, with Watford second worst and Man U third. I mean, away to Southampton's not that bad of it. They could win that game. Yeah, they definitely could. They could, they could certainly easily keep a clean sheet. Yeah, um, at St. Mary's. Uh, I mean, it's not even worth trying to pick clean sheets. This is it's going to be total chaos. Yeah, we this, talked about we talked about morning. captains already. Let's let's just talk about what the game week looks like. We've got you got two fixtures on Friday: uh, Everton and Watford, West Brom and Chelsea. Uh, you know, Chelsea are probably going to clinch the title. I would be very surprised if they didn't. Uh, and then you've got. Um, you have five fixtures on uh, on Saturday, including a really big early morning Man City match, uh, three on Sunday, and then another one on Monday, uh, two on Tuesday, uh, which is Arsenal, Sunderland, Man City, West Brom, and then another one on Wednesday, Southampton, Man U, and then finally Leicester Spurs on Thursday, May 18th. That is ridiculous. <laughs> Saturday and Tuesday are going to be the biggest days, I think, because it'll be the battle of the captains. It's probably going to be between um, – it's going to be Alexis Sanchez versus whichever Man City player you uh, plan to captain. Yeah, that's 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 really interesting. That's a really good point. I, I was thinking about that Spurs game, but I think you're right. I think if we're all kind of leaning away from captaining Kane, then um, – 
then yeah, you're right. Tuesday is really that's that's the day to to fake a doctor's appointment or something. It's so dicey not- <laughs> with Harry Kane. I mean, United will park the bus at White Hart Lane. Yep. Though of course, I think people will make the point it's it's Spurs' last game ever at White Hart Lane. True. On Sunday, True. so they'll want to give the fans a show. The, sh- the fans will ask for one. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. You know, I mean, you certainly can't go wrong catching the game this game week. It is not that is. It's just that there are so many. It's hard to it's hard to feel definitive in who you like list as your captain this game week because there's there really are a lot of very interesting options, and I think you're really gonna have to think about it and. I think I, I would recommend that people like read some articles online, like like really do some actual research. <laughs> you know, yeah. Like I mean, you know, like like look yeah, at don't look just at, look do the stats. The, look look who's top of the poll because right, right. The, the going with the herd here is not going to help you at all. This is this is it. This is your this, chance. This is exactly. I mean, if you're if you're leading your mini league, then yeah, you can follow the top of the poll, uh, or you know. Or whatever, just go with go with you know whatever seems like the safest pick. Which is who probably, among us, unless we're Anders FK, are leading right. our mini leagues. None of us. Are. <laughs> That's true. Uh, yeah, so I, I think it's I think it's it's a good time to to be bold um, within the parameters of these like you know six to seven players you might consider captaining. What about How's Liverpool? I mean, does Liverpool enter into this discussion at all? I feel like we've all gone through the pr- slow, painful process of excising Liverpool players from our squads. Yeah, well, they play away to West Ham, and West Ham have actually looked pretty good at home the last, you know. I mean, are they on, what, is it three clean sheets in a row now for West Ham? I mean, yeah, and, uh, and to keep a cleaning against Spurs, uh, yeah. It's, yeah, it's pretty impressive. So and they're titled basically. Yeah. Yeah. Taking them this long to warm up to that new stadium. Yeah, Liverpool. I mean, they just really need Saudi money. I mean, you can see why I, there was a rumor that Liverpool were looking at um, Alex Oxlade Chamberlain, and you know, it's really easy to understand why because without money, they just don't have that like super pacey player. I mean, I, I guess Origi kind of does that, but um, he's not. He's, I don't know. Like his his runs aren't as good as they should be. Uh, I mean, I know that Origi and, and the Ox are different. Types of players, but I, I feel like they could use another winger with some some pace. They could probably be friends at least. Yeah. I see them. <laughs> they could be friends, you know, getting along. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Ox can't stay healthy though. That's that's the problem, and he can't score. Yeah. Um, what else do we need to talk about here? I think that's it. Let's end that's this. That's it. Yeah. Let's end we, this. Okay. We, they're they're like they're they're big decisions. I mean, you've 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 already probably played your wild card. You. You know, if you're going to bench boost, I mean, every um, the decisions are at the margins at this point. To me, it's like, who are you going to captain? That's the biggest yeah. question for this game week. I really don't think I'm going to make a transfer this game week. Um, really? Yeah, I can't see any move that I would make in my team. I mean, unless I decided to second-guess Hazard and turn him into something else. Yeah, but, I mean, not with the double game week. I, that seems yeah. like something that could really blow up in your face. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm looking at 14 double game weekers plus Josh wow. King, and uh, yeah, there there is this slight temptation. I've always had this completist mentality, Josh. <laughs> yeah, just, you just turn King into a double game weaker just to go sure. all out, 15 players. I can understand that. I, I don't think it's the right move, though. No, no, it's not. But that would be the move if I wanted to turn Hazard into. Uh, KDB or Sanchez, I'd, I'd have to downgrade. That King is my is my root. I would turn King into somebody like Albrighton, maybe. Right, right. Well, you know, I, mean, I could I could see that. Um, I don't know, but I, I, you know, I'm not even trying to like talk you out of this because I have Sanchez, but I, I really think that um, uh, I just I would not be doing that myself. I mean, just yeah. I mean, Hazard's going to play in both the games, and he's going to start one of the two. Right, There's no so. way they don't try at least trot him out for that uh, that home Watford game, so he can yeah. get a standing ovation from. He's from playing a, like a, mi- a minimum 120 minutes over the next two game weeks, Matt Pinfield style. Next two fixtures, I should say. He's going to get a true <laughs> Matt Pinfield. Yes. Uh, all right, Brandon. Well, good luck this game week. Uh, and yeah, maybe we try to watch some games. I don't know. Or maybe we save that for game week 38, right? The final showdown. Save it for the final showdown. Yeah. 
Um, all right, before we leave, Josh, I'll remind everyone that if you if you love us, if you want to keep up with us, subscribe to the Always Cheating Podcast. We're on iTunes where you can rate us, leave us a review. SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Acast, TuneIn, Pocket Casts. You can follow us on Twitter at Hail Cheaters or at Facebook.com slash Always Cheating. Or, Josh, people can send us an email at hailcheaters at gmail.com uh, they can also support the podcast go to patreon.com slash always cheating two updates for patreon supporters uh, one is that uh, we are going to turn on the hiatus feature in june uh, we don't plan on doing any podcasts in june uh, you know taking taking some time off obviously um, and so uh, we don't want anyone to be charged when we're not doing podcasts uh, so we're turning that off we may end up doing june and july too it sort of depends on when uh, they release the new, um, you know, the new season fixtures. But um, we obviously don't want any of our Patreon supporters to be paying for us, paying to support the podcast. Um, paying for us to be on the beach. <laughs> exactly. So uh, we're very conscious of that. So we're definitely going to turn that on. Uh, and we also have another podcast coming. Uh, it's scheduled to go up Sunday night. We have a special guest that we're really excited about having on the podcast. Um, and I think you guys are going to be uh, excited about that, too. So, um He's Irish. He's Irish. That, that's our hint. Uh, all right, man. I'll talk to you soon. All right, Josh. Good luck. Yep, you too. Bye.